How are you today? Welcome to the newest, the latest edition of the Man Cave Huddle. I'm your host, Greg, and we are entering a very beautiful equinox of a sports season. Why do I say that? Because you still have college football on Saturdays. The NFL, well, that's going to be going through till February. Tonight, the NBA has begun. And next month, you're going to have college basketball. So pretty much now is the time where on every damn night of the week, there should be something to watch. And it's very exciting. I mean, when you talk about the NBA, in this preview episode that I'm about to give you, I'm going to talk about the East and West Earned Conference, who I feel is going to be the top eight seeds in each conference to make the playoffs. Maybe a surprise team here or there. Rookie of the Year candidates, you got a couple. MVP candidates, maybe a couple. Finals predictions. I'm going to give you my final four, finals matchup, and finals winner. But this NBA season, let's keep it 100. You know how we do. I mean, this is a very exciting season because it feels like this is the first year. It feels like in forever where it's not going to be the Golden State Warriors or whatever team LeBron James is playing on. And although LeBron James and the Lakers are much improved, they're really a team that can come out of the West, but it's not a guarantee that they're coming out of the West. And the Western Conference, I mean, look, on the East Coast, those games start at 10.30, so we're lucky to make halftime with it being with us being awake. But the Western Conference, every game is going to – there's no off night. There is no easy night. There is no, oh, we playing this team and they trash. Every night in the Western Conference matters. Every game in the Western Conference is going to be a game. Now, look, there are a couple of teams where – I'll be bold enough to say in the West, they're not making the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns are not making the playoffs. Okay? I'm sorry. The Phoenix Suns, they're not making the playoffs. Um, You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Grizzlies aren't making the playoffs. Those two teams, you might be able to say, we're going into Phoenix. The weather is nice. Let's go stay out to at the restaurant pretty late tonight because we know we got it the next night. In the Easter Conference, a different story. You got a couple teams where uh, there are nights where you can take a night off. But you know what? Let's talk about um, the East and the West and who I think will be in the playoffs this year. Now, the order that I'm going to give you is no specific order in that I'm giving you the literal one through eight seed. What I'm doing is just simply giving you who I think will be the eight teams when the dust settles and the playoffs begin. Now, I think it's going to be in the Eastern Conference. You're going to have uh, your Toronto, your 76ers, your Milwaukee Bucks, and your Boston Celtics. I think those will be the um, teams that will, you know what, I'm going to include the Indiana Pacers at five. And the reason why I include the Indiana Pacers is because I think that they've made a lot of moves in the offseason to where last year they did not have Victor Oladipo and they were very, they were a very good team. Now, this year, 
they had, they've added Malcolm Brockton. You still have Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis. Coming off the bench, you're going to have Aaron Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, TJ Warren. I mean, you got some players on this team where you got three-point shooters and, and Doug McDermott. You have Victor Oladipo, who's the man on the team. So I'm including the Pacers in like a top five because I think that that's the, the 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 upper echelon tier. And then now you have three other spots to make the playoffs. Who are those three other spots? Um, I think in no specific order, I think Jimmy Butler is a great addition to the Miami Heat. He's a Pat Riley guy. He's going to show up early. He's going to work hard. He's going to hold himself accountable. He's going to hold his teammates accountable. And sometimes you need an, you need an adult in the room to make decisions that nobody wants to make. And you need somebody late in the fourth quarter that's going to grab the bull by the horns, no pun intended, being a former Chicago Bull, and is not afraid to take and make game-winning shots. And that's Jimmy Butler. And I think the Miami Heat are going to qualify. I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to qualify. That's seven positions. Now, I think for the eighth seed, you're going to have a couple teams that are fighting for that one and last spot, where I think it might be a mixture of the Detroit Pistons. I think the Orlando Magic. I think the Chicago Bulls. I'm also thinking the New York Knicks. The Wizards, I think they're a good team. I think they're in disarray because I don't know what's going on with John Wall. I don't know if he's going to play this year or not. I'm hearing that he's not. I mean, you do have Bradley Beal. I mean, you know, he's coming with a lot of ish when I talk about Ish Smith as the point guard and Rui Achimura as your power forward. They have a good squad. Bradley Beal is that dude. I just think he's on a, um, an island and a one-man band. That's why he signed a two-year deal, because he could get traded, and that contract is not expiring, but very juicy if you want a player like Bradley Beal traded to your squad. Um, you know, that that's who I'm seeing in the, in, in the East. When I look at, you know, the Chicago Bulls, Bulls have a lot of young players on their team. They've been playing together for a couple of years now. And I think that you need to see a step. You know, you have young players like a Wendell Carter Jr., Laurie Markkinen, a Zach Levine, a Chris Dunn. Those are uh, young players where Zach Levine is, is a solid player. You know what you're going to get out of him. Laurie Markkinen, is he going to be healthy for the entire season? Because if he is, you have a seven-footer that can shoot threes. Wendell Carter Jr., he's supposed to be able to board, defend, rotate, and hit threes. He got injured last year. Can he do that? Otto Porter Jr., he's a, he's a solid vet who could give you 15 to 20 points a night. Point guard position now, that's a position of, uh, uh, of what's going to happen. Because... At this point, the Bulls are starting a 6'7 point guard, and Tomas, I'm sorry, he's European, so you know, he, he's not one of them itches. He's, he's Saturansky. Tomas Saturansky will be the starting point guard. You know, coming off the bench now, you're going to have Chris Dunn, top 10 pick Kobe White, Thaddeus Young coming off the bench. 
So, I mean, the Bulls have every ingredient that you need to at least qualify for the eighth seed. They just need to go out there and do it. And if they don't do it this year, I'm not saying the Bulls have issues, but maybe something needs to be done about the coaching, the way they're going about drafting players, or maybe every year not literally draft at seven. Maybe lose a little bit more or win a little bit more. Um, you know, Orlando Magic, you look at their Orlando Magic, that's a team where you sit there and say, who's on the Orlando Magic? I mean, are they for real? And then by the time the end of the season comes, they're always in it. I mean, you got uh, Nikolai Vucevic, and once you got one of them itches on your team, you know you're going to be successful. Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Evan Fournier, and DJ Augustin. You know, coming off the bench, you got Al Farouk Aminu. You got Mo Bamba, Mo Bamba, and you got Michael Carter-Williams. So, I mean, you know, you got a lot of good players on that team where you could see them being in that mix. Now, uh, one of the other teams that I mentioned in terms of being in the mix for uh, potential teams, I said, you know, the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks, I know Knicks fans sit there and say, we're done. I can't believe what's going on with the Knicks. And I know in the past, the Knicks have been devoid of talent. I'm not saying they have a top 10 player on this roster, but you do have Dennis Smith Jr., he could put up buckets. R.J. Barrett, the rookie, coming out of Duke, he was supposed to be the man. Zion Williamson proved to be the man, but R.J. Barrett is a very talented player. Marcus Morris, he's that season bully, the mold of Draymond Green, Kevin Garnett, that, oh, you pushed one of my players, that means now I got to clothesline you when you're coming through the paint. You need a player like that. You need a knucklehead that's going to be the tough guy on the team. Julius Randle. Dude could put up 20 and 10. Don't sleep on Julius Randle. If he gets enough touches, he's good for 20 and 10. Mitchell Robinson, last year he came on late, providing a player that could rotate, defend, and rebound. I mean, you have Reggie Bullock, Kevin Knox, Bobby Portis, Taj Gibson, Alfred Payton coming off the bench. You got a lot of good players on this team. None of them are all-stars, but you got players where nowadays in the NBA, you got a whole bunch of good players. You got some symmetry. Good things can happen. Now, let's move along to the West. Now, this is the conference where those 10-30 games, it doesn't matter who's playing, unless it's Phoenix and, and, and Memphis, I think that those these games are going to be must-watch every night. Who's going to make the playoffs in the West? Like I said, in no specific order, these are who I think are going to be the final eight. I think it's going to be Los Angeles Lakers, L.A. Clippers, Golden State Warriors, Houston Rockets, Denver Nuggets, Portland Trailblazers. That's six. I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to be the seventh team and when you look at that Dallas Mavericks roster, there are a lot of good players. I mean, you might as well call them the Euro NBA. I mean, you got Luka Donich, Kristaps Porzingis, Dwight Powell, Justin Jackson, DeLon Wright. You got Seth Curry. You got Steph's little brother, Tim Hardaway Jr. 
I mean, you got players now. You got uh, – and, and the reason – and this is why I think they'll win. Because you got Luka Donic, but then they also have Boban Marjanovic. Now, once you got two itches, forget about it. I think they're making the playoffs on that point alone. All right? Because like I said, in the NBA, you got to have a three or you got to have one of these itches. And if you got one of these itches, you're going to make it. So I think that's seven. Now, the eighth spot. Last year, good friend of mine said I disrespected Greg Popovich by saying that they weren't going to make the playoffs because I felt that with the loss of DeJuan Murray, DeJuante Murray, their point guard, that they didn't have enough talent to make the playoffs. Greg Popovich proved me wrong, and I was wrong on that pick. And Popovich is the, 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 the typical, all I need is five dudes and I could get the job done. And he did it last year. So I think maybe this year having Murray back, and it doesn't matter who these guys are, Jacob, Potel, everybody knows big L.A., LaMarcus Aldridge, DeMar DeRozan, Brian Forbes. I mean, everybody remembers DeMar Carroll, Rudy Gay, Derek White, Patty Mills. The only problem I have, oh, remember Marco Bellinelli? A Bellinelli! He's on uh, the team. Trey Lyles is still on the team. The only problem I have with the Spurs, they don't have any itches on the team. That's their issue. So I think that's why, if anything, they're going to be in a dogfight with the Kings, with the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, and the Minnesota Timberwolves for that last and final spot. You know what's another team? You know what? I take that all back. The Utah Jazz. Wow. Look at the West, man. I mean, let's go through that again. You're going to have the Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Jazz. I think the Warriors get in because I think if the Warriors get in on this point alone, if they get out the gate good and they are hovering or just above 500, I think that they're full go and they push to make the playoffs. I think if they start out the gate slow and they don't make 500 around um, Christmas Day and they're, they're, they're struggling to be at 500, don't be surprised if there's a lot of load management, a.k.a. we're shutting it down and we're trying to get a high draft pick and we're just waiting for Clay to get back next year. But I think the Warriors, they can and will come out the gate well and do enough to make it to the playoffs. But now you got six teams, and I said the Dallas Mavericks at seven. I mean, think about this. You got the Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, Warriors, Nuggets, Mavericks, Trailblazers, Jazz. Wow. And then looking on the outside in, you got teams like the Spurs, the Thunder, the Kings, the Pelicans. Wow, man. That's why I said in the West, it's over. and you got the Minnesota Timberwolves. I didn't even say, yo, you know what? It, it, it's almost going to be like game seven every night in the Western Conference because it almost feels like there's going to be a team that is really good that's not going to be in the playoffs. Because the Spurs might be that team. The Jazz might be that team. The Dallas Mavericks might be that team. What if the Warriors are that team? Oh, my goodness, man. You know? But, I mean, um, 
It's going to be very good this year. Very good every night. Now let's talk about um, teams that I think that are going to surprise this year. Teams that last year that were maybe suspect or maybe didn't have good seasons and I think that are going to surprise this year. One of them, I think, is going to be the New Orleans Pelicans. Why do I say the Pelicans? Obviously, with the drafting of Zion Williamson, but also the mega trade that they had with the Lakers in acquiring Lonzo Ball and acquiring Brandon Ingram. I think with the addition of uh, Derek Favors, with the addition of J.J. Redick, let's not forget they already have Drew Holiday. And they drafted Jackson Hayes. I think there's a lot that the Pelicans bring to the table. I think they're going to be very competitive. I think they're going to be very good. I just don't think that they have enough to qualify for the playoffs. But if they do, that means that one of these guys is really blowing up and showing up. And that's why I'm picking them to be one of my surprise teams. Another team that I feel that could be a surprise team in the West is the Sacramento Kings. Now, look, I know that they fired their coach last year and they're on the precipice of doing big things, but they still have that talent. I mean, they still have De'Aaron Fox, one of the fastest guards in the league. Buddy Hill complained about a deal and they gave him one. Marvin Bagley III, Harrison Barnes. So, I mean, you know, you got guys coming, and, and, and you know how I feel. You know how I feel, and you know what I'm about to say. They have Bogdan Bogdanovich. So, that alone solidifies why I think they're a surprise team, because once you got one of them itches, you're in a good place. And for all my real ballers that know this dude, Trevor Reza's been around forever. What does Trevor Reza do? He's only 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, can defend a couple positions and knock down threes. That's what the NBA is right now. He's three. He's a 3 and D player. Can defend and shoot the three. Corey Joseph, former point guard on the San Antonio Spurs, experienced, knows what he's doing. This team is going to be very good. I mean, it, they could surprise and maybe do some things. And I already mentioned Dallas Mavericks, uh, another surprise team. Now, let's talk about the East, who I think might surprise. I think the Bulls could surprise because this is a year where they got to show up or blow up. I think that uh, a team that's going to surprise, and I already said this already, is the Indiana Pacers because I think they're poised. And I'm not saying people are sleeping on their talent, but I think that now they're ready to take a step to be very good, maybe be one of the top two seeds, three seeds in the East, that type of good. Um, another team that I think that might surprise in terms of it's going to be, well, we're, we're talking about surprise. So I guess I got to go with just the Bulls. I'm going to go with, um, I already mentioned the Heat and why. So, I mean, a true surprise, it would be the Knicks and the Bulls that I feel would be the surprise teams where they came out of nowhere and qualified for the playoffs. Because of the additions that they made. I like the coaching by the Knicks. I like the players by the Bulls. Um, the the Nets, I think they're going to make it. They're not a surprise team. I don't think they're going to really go that far in the playoffs. But I think with the addition to Kyrie, I mean, that should be enough right there in the East. 
And I know last year he wasn't able to do it in with Boston, but they made it last year without him. And the Nets still have Joe Harris, a 3-and-D sharpshooter. They still have Karis LeVert. They still have Spencer Denwitty. They, they added DeAndre Jordan. They still have Jarrett Allen. So, I mean, they, they also just signed Torian Prince. So they got a lot of players. They also have Wilson Chandler. I mean, you know, they got a lot of players where you sit there and say to yourself, wow, man, these dudes are like a whole bunch of nice pieces to have. And if Kyrie Irving can just stir the pot the way he does with his skills, it should be a very good season for the Nets. And then next year, once they get Kevin Durant back, hmm, now we're talking about what they could be them boys. Now let's talk about Rookie of the Year candidates. For me, in this uh, past upcoming, past upcoming, in this past draft, uh, you had a lot of players that were taken. But for me, I think that um, John Morant, I don't think that the Memphis Grizzlies will make the playoffs, but I think John Morant is really going to show up and blow up. I mean, this guy can score. He can, I don't know if he could board, but he could score, he could uh, shoot, and he could distribute the rock. Kobe White on the Chicago Bulls. I think he's a candidate for Rookie of the Year. Why? Because he could put up buckets. Plain and simple. I mean, he is a modern-day guard where he could defend. Well, I don't want to say he could defend. That remains to be seen, but he could shoot the three. He's an up-tempo player. He's a mid-range J, and he could take it to the rim. He's laying it up off the rim. He's not a finisher, but his speed allows him to be real quick and get to the rim. Tyler Hero. I mean, he's lighting it up in the preseason shooting threes. And I'll tell you this much. When you look at that Miami Heat roster, I already told you about what Jimmy Buckets is going to do. But for right now, if Deion Waiters, who's suspended, doesn't start the season and Tyler Hero starts the season well, shoots the three well, he's one of those players where he might just start and it might be his position to lose. Because, you know, with Bam Adebayo, Kelly Olenek, Jimmy Butler, those are guys that can work around and be pace players that move around. But if Tyler can actually stretch the defense and be that corner pocket three type of player, I think that he could be a player that is a play, rookie of the year candidate. Um, one of my dear friends, one of my peoples that um, – I trust when it comes to talking about NBA brought a fascinating point up to me. Now, when Ben Simmons, who was injured his rookie year, did not play and his second year, a lot of people were upset that he qualified for rookie of the year, although he was not a rookie and he did win rookie of the year. Now, people were saying, how could you be rookie? Well, it's a loophole that the NBA has done nothing about to where if you haven't played, you still qualify as a rookie. And that is the case with Michael Porter Jr. He was drafted in the first round, 14 overall, a freshman. He only played one year out of the University of Missouri, and he was drafted by the Denver Nuggets. 
as a small forward. Well, nowadays, it's a positionless league, so it doesn't matter what position he plays. But the point is, is that he's a perimeter player, athlete, needs to improve with the three, but a strong finisher of the, around the rim compared to Joe Johnson, ISO Joe. That's the wrong thing to say now because it's not an isolation league, but he's reminds of you of Joe Johnson in that he could get his own shot in a multitude of ways and is very crafty around the rim. Didn't play a lick last year, but he qualifies and he's going to be on the Denver Nuggets. They're going to do a lot of winning. Is he going to be a player that's going to get a lot of playing time? That's my only concern. I think he's talented. My thing is, is he going to get a lot of playing time? Because, you know, you got Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Paul Millisap, and you got Nikolai Jokic. You know you know how I feel about itches. They got their itch, a.k.a. Nikolai Jokic, a.k.a. Joker. You got Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, Malik Beasley coming off the bench, and Michael Porter Jr. coming off the bench. So this is going to be a situation where Michael Porter Jr. really needs to ball with the B unit, and if he does, he might and can qualify to be a player that could be rookie of the year. Now, everybody say, you're forgetting one player, you're forgetting one player, you're forgetting one player. No, I'm not. There's a reason why I saved the number one overall pick out of the University of Duke, Zion Williamson, as a player that is going to be a rookie of the year candidate. He is going to miss the first two months of the season with knee surgery. Now, the thing is, is that he's going to miss a ton of games. And when he gets back, is he going to be in shape? Is he going to be ready to play? As a rookie, is he going to be our load management? Is he going to be a player that is going to play every game? I don't know. Because the last player that won the rookie of the year with the least amount of games, which was 50 games he played in his rookie year to win the rookie of the year, was Patrick Ewing. So you have to play a good portion, if not the majority of the season, for you to win rookie of the year. Zion, I, I've said and I stand by my opinion that I think he's a great talent. I think he's going to be great for the league. I think he needs to lose some weight because at his height, being 280, and the way he jumps, there are two type of jumpers in the league. The ones that jump off of two feet, the way Derrick Rose did, and the ones that jump off of one leg, the way Michael Jordan did. He jumps off of one leg. There's a lot of stress, a lot of strain on those knee ligaments, and he already hurt the knee. And he hasn't even played yet in the league. This isn't going to be college. This isn't going to be Duke. This is going to be playing a couple nights a week, back-to-backs. And like I said, in the West, it's not going to be easy because there's going to be no off nights. He's going to be a big man. So there could be nights where he could be playing Jokic one night, Draymond the next night. He could be playing um, LaMarcus Aldridge the other night. Then he could be playing Anthony Davis the following night. There's going to be no, in in the words of a great motivational speaker, E.T., the hip-hop preacher, no days off, no weekends, no holidays, no special days, no birthdays. In the Western Conference, is no days off. 
And I don't know if Zion, I'm not saying he's not talented. What I'm saying is, is he going to play enough games to qualify? That's what I'm worried about. And if he does, I have no doubt he'll be runaway winner with the MV, with the rookie of the year, only because that's what the NBA wants. Plain and simple. I mean, you can see how the networks, they're already sweating this guy. I'm not saying he's not talented. He is. But for some reason, you have the feeling that they've, he's been picked as the next one once, once LeBron retires. MVP candidates in no specific order. Uh, with the loss of Clay, I think that if Steph Curry steps up and blows up, does not participate in a lot of load management, plays the majority of the season, and gets the Warriors into a high enough seed and does what he does. Michael Jordan, how could you say? And Michael Jordan's my man. How could you say Steph Curry, not, Steph Curry is not a Hall of Famer? Steph Curry, A, is a Hall of Famer. And if he gets these the Warriors into, like, let's say a 6-7, I'm sorry, a 6-5-4 seed scenario, that means he's really balling. I think he's an MVP candidate. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Greek freak. I think the Bucks might be the number one overall seed in the East. He's an MVP candidate. Joker, Jokic on the Denver Nuggets. He does everything for them. You never know. They might wind up being the number one seed, if not the number two or three seed. I think he's a candidate. Joel Embiid, 76ers. He, as well as um, the... I lost my train of thought. The Milwaukee Bucks, I'm sorry. Right there, I was like, yo, I just stopped for a second. As well as the, um, the Milwaukee Bucks, Boston Celtics, and you have the 76ers. I think Embiid, he's very injury prone. If he can stay healthy and play the majority of this season, I think he's a candidate. LeBron, need I say more? Kawhi. Let's talk about the Clippers. I haven't said anything about the Clippers other than I feel like they're going to be in the playoffs. But you know what? I think the Clippers are going to make a lot of noise this year. I mean, they got players like Patrick Beverly, Landry Shamet, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Ivan Zubak. There's only one problem at this point that I have with the, um, the Los Angeles Clippers. They don't have an itch. You know how I feel about my itches. They don't have one. But the thing is, though, I think that if the Clippers play as well as most people think they will play, I think Kawhi is going to be in that mix. LeBron, prior to the season started, says that the offense should move, flow, and go through Anthony Davis. If that's the case, Anthony Davis puts up big numbers. The L.A. Lakers, I think that he will be a candidate. And last but not least, in my respectfully humble opinion, James Harden. Yes, yeah, said it, James Harden. You're going to sit there and say, there's no D. He don't play no D. All he does is travel when he should. You could say all that, but you know what? He puts up buckets each and every night. No, I'm not saying that it's the end. I just hit the wrong button. That's why the music is playing right there. That was my bad. That was a live error right there. But what I'm saying is that James Harden, he puts up buckets. I know that they acquired the services of Westbrook, but when you have a guy like like James Harden and you have Westbrook, between those two, I don't know how they're going to figure that out, but I will say this. They were friends back when they played on the Oklahoma City Thunder, so I don't think it's going to be 
a beef thing where I need to get mine. No, I need to get mine. I think Westbrook and Harden will figure out a way to coincide. And I think with Harden having Westbrook, Gordon, Tucker, Austin Rivers, all these guys that can shoot threes, I think that there's no question that James Harden would be an MVP candidate. Finals predictions. I think the final four in the NBA this year, your Western Conference final will be a LeBron-led Los Angeles Lakers playing a Kawhi Leonard-led Los Angeles Clippers. Talk about Staples Arena being this, the host of the Western Conference Finals. In the East, look, if Ben Simmons can actually come through with a three and actually add a J to his game, that dude might be unstoppable. I think it's going to be the 76ers and the Bucks in the Eastern Conference to qualify. Finals prediction, I believe that the defensive stalwarts that the Clippers have, I mean, they got some dudes out there that is just straight some Bulldogs, man. Some, some. You got Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. All those guys could D up, all right? I like the Clippers beating the Lakers to go to the NBA Finals. I like the Bucks on the back of Giannis learning what he learned last year from Toronto to get into the NBA Finals. And the NBA Finals, I think the Clippers win, and now we put Kawhi Leonard and shine a different light on him. Because now you could say he led the San Antonio Spurs to an NBA title, led the Toronto Raptors to an NBA title, led the Los Angeles Clippers to an NBA title. I mean, LeBron has only done it with two teams thus far, with the Cavs and the Heat. But if Kawhi or LeBron does that, leading the team to the finals victory, that's something special, something to be said. Thank you for taking your time out of your schedule. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you were listening to this episode going to work. It being 34 minutes and 17 seconds at this point. I don't want to hold you guys up any longer. So I want to end this like I do with every episode. I want to give you my positive quote. And my positive quote for you is this. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. There is nothing in this world that could trouble you as much as your own thoughts. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. There is nothing in this world that could trouble us as much as your own thoughts. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody.